0: Season three of in-depth conversations we have many series we have a whole bunch of topics conversations in-depth conversations let's get to it let's get started hello everyone welcome to in-depth conversations it's melina b here and for today's episode we will be talking about the britney spears documentary i'm gonna talk about what my takes were from watching it um it's the most talked about documentary of this year so far. Um Framing Britney Spears to me gave the most impassioned overview of efforts to free one of the biggest pop stars in the world from an or, uh, court order that was restricted that restricted her career and personal life since 2008. Um so Framing Britney Spears which Um, is actually available to Canadian viewers after making waves in the US can't fully expose or parse all of the reasons why Britney was placed in a controversial conservatory ship following a mental health crisis but it can um, outline all of the ways the musical superstar was driven to the brink of madness by a variety of toxic situations that she had little to no control over to some extent um, the documentary feels unfinished to me but it also offers a lot of food for thought when it comes to depicting the impact of tabloid journalism and ingrained misogyny within the entertainment industry It's not a story about someone's fall from grace or even that much of a criminal conspiracy theory to defraud um, Britney of her lucrative estate. Framing Britney Spears is best viewed as a painful and pathetic examination of someone who has been repeatedly kicked while they were down. Britney Spears became an overnight sensation in the late 90s riding in a resurgence in the public's taste for sugary, catchy pop music to superstardom. Her albums were going multi-platinum. I remember though, the late, because I was born in 93, so the late 90s, early 2000s, I remember just her hits were so just next to the Spice Girls for me. Like, it was just so catchy, and her dance moves. It was just incredible. I'd be dancing for hours to. Yeah. She was involved in a high profile relationship with Justin Timberlake that positioned them as the first couple of music. The contradictory marketing about her image painted uh, Britney as stimulating like a little sexy schoolgirl and like a down-to-earth girl next-door type, as with anyone performing in such a high level. um Brittany was beloved and criticized in almost equal measure. But at a certain point around the time she broke up with Justin, perceptions around her changed in the eyes of the public. She quickly got married and had kids, her increasingly erratic behavior, sudden taste for partying, raised a lot of eyebrows. Almost as quickly as she went to Kevin Fetterline, she was divorced, clearly uh, despondent. Um, there was this time that she had shaved her head as an act of public defiance and self-expression. Spears was made out to be an unfit mother. And as a type of celebrity who would happily lash out at the paparazzi that follows her literally every moment. It was only when everything seemed like it couldn't get any worse, resulting in Britney being hospitalized and that her father, Jamie, re-entered his daughter's professional career and was granted conservatorship over Britney's career and estate. A legal ruling found that Britney was a danger to herself and incapable of overseeing her own finances, placing her dad and an attorney, uh, Andrew Wallet, in charge of um, Britney's life and career path. But the thing was with Britney, with the amount of successful comeback professionally, and well, while today it seems like she has pulled herself far. Back from her lowest point, the conservatory ship remains a cloud over her head. In recent years, journalists and um, Britney's fans have been openly questioning if the conservatory ship is necessary. Preliminary used as a last resort for elderly I mean, conservatories are personally used for dementia or grave illness for elderly people most of the time. Conservators are next to impossible to reverse once they've been put in place by a court of law. The legal batter, battle for Brittany to regain personal uh, autonomy from her father is an ongoing one. Um, but her documentary framing Brittany Spears is part of the larger series of documentaries produced by the New York Times. It was directed Uh, With director Samantha Stark following along with a paper of records in house style interviews with friends, lawyers, lawyers, journalists, archives of footage and editorial insight, Britney Spears' biggest fans and anyone with an invested interest in pop, pop music or culture likely knows a lot of these details already. So genuine pop like bombshells and revelations are short supply, but that doesn't reduce the overall value of what this documentary as a teaching tool. While not much can be said about the nuts and bolts details of Britney's conservatory ship, there can be, uh, it can illustrate various ways that the media can push a seemingly normal young woman down a mentally unstable path. In the first half of Framing Britney Spears, uh, Stark outlines the various ways the singer was mistreated at the height of her fame and troubles. Upon uh, splitting with Justin Timberlake, and his supporters in the press painted Britney with a slut brush, making accusations that supposedly, virginal like her virginity, and Spears was an unfaithful and just. But Justin controlled the narrative in the media, while Britney carefully cultivated a wholesome image, being became tarnished for the first time. Um, she also came up at a time when celebrity, celebrity journalists, video, videographers, and photographers were becoming more brazen and unethical. So the more frustrated Brittany got with all of the negative attention surrounding her life choices, the easier it was for her to be the bait into fighting back when any means necessarily, Necessary. Britney never committed a crime, with the possible ex- ex- exception of driving with a baby in her lap and attacking the car of a videographer, who appears for an interview um, and was uncomfortably outlines the paparazzi mentality when he wouldn't leave her alone at a gas station, yet the constant tabloid attention made it seem like Britney was randomly stabbing people on the sidewalk in broad daylight. The documentary also does an exceptional job of showing an inherent difference between men and women that are placed in the public eye. Male superstar stars like Sean Penn and Alec Baldwin can punch as many photographers and media hounds as they want because they were defending themselves for unwanted attention. A bald-headed Britney swings an umbrella in a gas station parking lot from su- suddenly is a public menace. Not once did anyone in the public question for actions, were cries for help, or the result of being thrust in a toxic environment. There's natural assumptions that celebrities are perfect, whose lives are completely together, and neglecting to realize the fame comes with a lot of stress and unwanted scrutiny. There has to be a reason for her sudden change, and many assumed that it had to be the fault of Brittany herself. Few in the media bothered to question if she had been pushed too far. Many more simply shrugged and said if she didn't want the attention, then she shouldn't have been famous. It was never what happened, Brittany. It was always, what did you do now, Brittany? Reliving um Britney's fall from grace is positively heart-wrenching when viewed through a uh contemporary lens. As like I was looking at the pressures of the f- of fame and it puts a lot of necessary legwork and empathy for subjects. Everything that's great about um Britney's documentary arises from forcing the viewer to reconsider what they assume to be true about living a life in public, and shudder in terror when they consider that all of this unfolded in an era before social media was the tabloid currency of the day. While that works wonderfully and makes for compelling and necessary viewing, the film's reason for existing in the first place to examine the conservatorship has been thrust into the public's consciousness by the spe- uh, Br- the free Britney movement remains frustratingly out of reach. The shortcoming of framing Britney's fears to shed any new light on its subjects' legal, professional, economic wo- woes isn't the fault of the production, but rather because it's clouded in legal, Chaos. There has yet to come out. They have yet to come out publicly. What's known and easy to confirm about the case is that Jamie Spears remains in control of his daughter's finances and career decisions, while Britney wants to him removed from her conservatorship, and for an impartial third party to take control if the courts deem she has to go through with it. The only true bombshell in. Framing Britney's fears arrives when it comes to light that the singer was ruled mentally incapable of choosing her own legal counsel for the initial court hearings because that hinges upon the findings in a mysterious psychological evaluation that remains sealed to this day, and one that Britney's own legal team wasn't allowed to see that smoking gun, and a complete unwillingness by anyone within um, Britney's notoriously tight-lipped camp to go on the record leave a hole at the center of framing Britney Spears, which feels a lot more like a podcast in its later stages than a documentary. That's perhaps appropriate, seeing that podcasts and potential conspiracy theories have played a huge role in examining this conservatory ship. It's a good primer on the subject, a better look at double standards within the entertainment industry, and, and so, so look at the ongoing legal battle that sparked the film's existence. As one lawyer points out in the film, we don't know what we don't know, and that sentiment hangs in the air long after Framing Britney Spears has ended. One thing remains unquestionable, however. Britney Spears deserves a lot better than what she got from the public and many of those closest to her. Um, It was heart-wrenching to watch, really. But a lot of the stuff I knew beforehand, like she was the most talked about, the most followed person at one point anything she did it was like the front page of the news entertainment anything and it felt like she obviously was going through something but being so famous as she was no one cared because they were making money off of it or like paparazzi the media the tabloids they don't care to ask what's happening. Is she okay? So that's when it it gets to a head, and that's when you have people in, even in your own family, and people you can't even try. I can't imagine what she's going through, all these years. Like, it's, and people say like, well, it sucks to be famous because it really does. Because if you to be that famous and to be that known in the public eye. I don't want a part of it. It just seems so toxic. and such a toxic environment. She's been there since she was a little girl. And that's all she's known. And if you haven't watched the documentary, take a look at it. I urge you to watch. I know the Demi Lovato documentary has come out as well. I'll check that out as well. And maybe I can do a review on that as well. But yeah. So hope you guys liked that and enjoyed. I will be back next week for Stop Asian Hate. I want to do a full conversation about the Asian hate crimes that have been going ongoing. And have a full, transparent, and direct conversation with you all, listeners. So I'll see you guys next week. Wait for that. Bye, guys.